Today on episode number 471 of the School of Podcasting's Morning Announcements, which you can find at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 471. Today's episode is inspired by John Wilkerson. John, take it away, buddy. Hey, Dave. John Wilkerson here from 10 The Podcast, where you get a podcast that's 10 minutes long every 10 days. Like, what's the free bird of podcasting? Now, if you're not hip to, like, free bird, there's a band called Leonard Skinner. They fly. It'll be interesting to see if Skinner takes down the Confederate flag. But uh, on the album, and many moons ago, I actually had the physical LP of this. Here's Ronnie talking to the crowd, and he says, What song is it you want to hear? Yes, and the crowd screams, Freebird. And being a musician myself, uh, I play, if I go anywhere, people always ask, you know, somebody's going to scream out, Zeppelin, man! And somebody else will scream out, Freebird! And then a drunk old lady will come up and go, do you boys know the electric slide? Hence the Freebird thing. So John Wilkerson wants to know. You go to a concert and someone's playing and someone yells, play Freebird! Yes, and Zeppelin. So I guess the equivalent of Freebird in podcasting would be, uh, have you listened to cereal? Maybe. I'm like, no, I eat cereal. I haven't listened to it. Captain Crunch rocks. Have you ever noticed that Captain Crunch's eyebrows are on his hat? That's a little weird. Well, it crunches anyway. Anyway, that's it, dude. Keep up the great work. Love the personality behind the podcast. Thank and, you. And uh, love the great content. Bye. And today's episode, John, is inspired by you. We're also going to talk a little podcasting news. We're going to talk about why Dave is moving to schoolofpodcasting.com again. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I'm your personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. Here's what we do. We talk about all things podcasting from planning to promoting to recording and equipment and all points in between. I help you massage your message. I help you flatten the learning curve and I get you on the path to pain-free podcasting. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. And if you use the coupon code listener, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, you can save on your first month. And uh, let's start off with that first. If you go to the school of podcasting.com, I'm praying by the time you hear this, things are back to normal. But I was, uh, over the years, I have uh, started off on shared hosting. That's where I recommend you start. But hey, doggone it, I got too popular. So I moved to um, another type of service called uh, Virtual Private Server. And I really think in the in the end, my database had gone through so many iterations that it was just a little horked. That's the technical term. And um, I moved to WP Engine. I'm a big HostGator fan, still am. And I moved to a WP Engine, and they said, you can have 20,000 visitors a month. And according to them, I have, a, I'm sorry, 25,000 visitors per month. And according to them, I have about 32,000 and the month ain't over yet. And when I looked at what they call a visitor, yeah. And they charge me a dollar for every thousand I go over. And at this point, uh, this is already after I've paid them, I think $30. Yeah. It's going to get real expensive. And I went, okay, I can see the writing on the wall. And so I have, uh, I've heard some buzz. I've heard a lot of people in the past talk about DreamHost. 
And I went over, and what I'm looking at is dedicated WordPress hosting. Now, again, for the record, you do not have to have dedicated WordPress hosting, but I thought I would try this. And I looked at HostGator, almost went back to HostGator, but they did have some limits on bandwidth. And I wanted unlimited bandwidth, unlimited storage, and I wanted lickety split WordPress hosting. So I went with DreamHost. I'm going to give them a shot. And uh, the fun thing was when I went to move my website, it kind of like went kind of a, a Bugs Bunny on poison kind of thing. And I will give them credit. Their chat window, you will get a person almost in seconds and they've been very, very helpful. So as I record this on Sunday, this Sunday, the um, the boys over at Bluehost will be fixing that for me. But right now, if you go to the school podcasting, you'll see where it says, uh, we're kind of tidying up things a bit. Now, why did I do that? Because it got too expensive. I love the guys at Word or at WP Engine, but uh, man, too rich for my blood. And here's the other thing they don't tell you, and you got to look into this. If you're looking at going with this new, you know, special WordPress kind of hosting, make sure you're getting everything you previously had. WP Engine doesn't give you email. So then I had to spend another $5 per month per email. Uh, I was using Google Apps for Work. And so here again, DreamHost unlimited email addresses. I was like, okay, so I'm I'm giving these boys a shot. And so if you go to the schoolpodcasting.com as I record this, and if you're there on Monday and it still says, hey, we're still tidying things up, then the folks at DreamHost couldn't get me uh, fixed. And it has something to do with I exported my database. We're going to get our geek on for a second here. I exported my database out of WP Engine, and when you went to import it into DreamHost, something with the the uh, versions of software might have caused a problem. But anyway, so if you see that, I am aware. And I want to thank everybody who called and said, hey, Dave, do you know your website? Yeah, I know. And yeah, I'll, I won't get my geek on. That's enough of that. But that's what's going on there. Let's get into some podcasting news. Uh, I always say, you know, the best time to start a podcast was about 10 years ago. The next best time is uh, right now. Well, Popular Science did. Shaq, the uh, basketball player, he started one a couple weeks ago. And Popular Science has launched a podcast called Futuropolis. So that's kind of interesting. Another uh, big player in the game. Popular Science, of course, a very popular magazine. Uh, been around since the 60s. And so they're seeing the writing on the wall. And they're like, hey. And I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh Salary.com listed on-air DJ as one of the top 12 jobs that are basically on the brink. Like, if you're an on-air DJ, you might want to start going back to school or something. Uh, Speaking of that, CBS Radio eliminated more than 200 positions in a company-wide layoff this week, uh, including an unconfirmed number in Chicago. So sorry to all those people in Chi-Town that have lost their job. I've been there, done that. One of the, uh, my background is I've been teaching people technology for over 20 years and I've just learned a little bit like radio that when sales doesn't hit their quota, the first thing it gets whacked because, Hey, we wouldn't want to work smarter now, would we? Is uh, you whack the training department. So I've been whacked a time or two, not a lot of fun. And, uh, in other podcasting news, the, one of the top podcasts, if not the top podcast is this American life. Uh, by a guy named Ira Glass. He used to he used to be, um, he was part of NPR. Well, there was an article that mentioned that This American Life has ended its relationship with PRI, who had served as the, as the show's distributor since 1997. And basically, Ira Glass now owns This American Life. Now, the interesting thing about this article was it says um, This American Life 
has 22 full-time employees. And I say this because so many people want the results of This American Life, and it's you, and you've got this whole wife and kid thing, and then you've got this annoying thing called a job that you have to do, and then there's eating and sleeping that's always getting in the way. Ugh, hate that. Well, you're not going to get the same results as a guy with 22 employees. It, it just, you know, it's just the law of physics here. Same thing. I always mention John Lee Dumas. Love the guy. Super talented. That's number one. That dude is talented and he is driven and he's got discipline like nobody else. He also started, if you listen to um, Steve Stewart's Money Plan SOS interview, uh, John mentions because his background was in uh, real estate. He was also, I, I think he worked as a stockbroker for a little bit. Then he was a, a captain in the army or Navy or Air Force or Marines. Anyway, did a tour of duty over in, uh, it was either Iraq or Afghanistan. And there's no place to spend your money to get to the point, uh, John had six figures in the bank when he uh, started his podcast. Again, not the, you know, you don't have 22 employees. You probably don't have six figures in the bank when you start your podcast either. But again, if John didn't have talent, if he didn't have his discipline and he didn't have his focus, uh, forget it. He'd burn, he'd burn through those six figures real, real quick. And so that's some news here. The other thing, speaking of employees, if you haven't listened to the last episode of Startup, this is the one with Alex Bloomberg, which is spun off of This American Life. This is about the company that it's a company that helps people make podcasts. They have 19 people on staff. They do three podcasts with 19 people. And they said that this year they're set to make $2 million. And they're also going to spend a little over $2 million. I'm like, man, I want a job that place. Holy cow. But here's the interesting thing. You can now join Gimlet Media, which is the people behind, that's the company behind Startup. And for just $5 a month, they will let you listen to the pilots as they start to work on new shows. And even Alex said, you know, sometimes these change a lot before they actually get released. So you get to pay them $5 to help him do his market research, which you usually end up paying for. I'm like, wow, what a great way to spin that. I need market research. Should we should we hire a focus group? No, let's let them pay us. I was like, well, that's kind of an interesting slant on that. So that's some news on that. So Ira Glass now owns This American Life. Again, my big point here with this and startup, you don't need 22 people to start a podcast, just for the record. And speaking of that, what do you need? to start a podcast, we're going to talk about the questions that I get the most about starting a podcast. So I want to say this right now. If you are somebody who's already got a podcast, you may not, I'm going to go through these kind of quickly, but you probably know all this stuff. But if you're just interested in what my take is on that, but I just want to let you know, this is, this is kind of one for folks that are starting a podcast. So the first one I get all the time, well, all right, well, how much does it cost? How much does it cost? And I want to say this. This week, I, I dug out my uh, my 10 speed. It's not in really good shape. And uh, I went down and said, how much is a general tune-up for a 10 speed or a 12 speed or whatever it is speed? $65. And I really, I wouldn't blink to spend $65 so that I don't have to worry about my chain breaking and me falling and things like that. I just wouldn't think about it. And that's about what it's going to cost for a microphone. I recommend the Audio-Technica 2100 or the 2005. And 
those are pretty much the same microphone. Now, why do I like those? They're dynamic microphones, which means they don't pick up a lot of room noise. I should say they pick up less room noise. They're also USB, so if you just want to plug them directly into your computer, you can do that. If you're working with a mixer, maybe you have more than one person in the room with you, they also work that way. The microphone I'm talking into right now is the Electrovoice RE320, and it goes for about $300. And I just always like to point out, you do not need this microphone to start. If you've got the budget, by all means, but actually the RE3, the ATR2100 is actually more flexible than the microphone I'm using right now. And when I do Skype interviews, I use the Audio-Technica 2100. Now, when we're talking about gear here, please check out my Amazon affiliate store at bestpodcastinggear.com. And uh, speaking of Steve Stewart uh, from Money Plant SOS, thank you, Steve Stewart. He mentioned uh, Best Podcasting Gear at uh, in the latest edition of um, Pottertainment Magazine. So let's go back to how much does it cost to start one? So... If you go to Best Podcasting Gear right now, uh, bestpodcastinggear.com right now, uh, you'll see I actually have a package where you can get the 2100 microphone, a pop filter, which, yes, you need one of those. That's the thing. I actually heard myself do a little pop earlier uh, where I have a little filter, and it's because I'm, I'm moving and I'm reading stuff here as I do this, and a stand for $91. You, now, we'll talk about do I need a mixer, but if let's say you did. $91 for the mic, stand, and pop filter. $60 for a mixer. Um, Take your pick. We'll talk about media hosting, but let's say you go with Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for $20 a month. By the way, you can get a free month at Libsyn, again, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com using the coupon code SOP free, all one word, $8 for HostGator. That's your website hosting, $60 for artwork. I have a great resource for that, $24 for intro from Music Radio Creative, and uh, you can find that at schoolofpodcasting.com slash MRC. By the way, Mike Russell, Best, if you want to learn Adobe Audition, go to YouTube and check out Mike Russell's channel. Wow, phenomenal stuff. So if you take that, the 91 plus 60 plus 20 plus 8 plus 60 plus 24, that is $263. And you're like, wow. Okay, if your kid said, I want an Xbox with a 500 gigabyte hard drive, you probably would get it. That's 342. So 263. Now, obviously, if you have more than one host and they need a microphone, there's another $91. But the bottom line is you don't have to spend thousands of dollars to start a podcast. There are those that will steer you that way because they earn a commission on that. Uh, I want you to start a podcast that goes forever and that you have fun with and that impacts your audience. And it's hard to impact your audience when all you've had to eat is ramen noodles and um, water because you spent all your, you had to, you know, you had to mortgage grandma to, uh, pay for stuff. That's ridiculous. Now, if you got the budget, by all means, contact me out at School of Podcasting. We can talk about that. We can set up a consulting call to make sure you're not wasting your money, which again, sounds kind of weird that you can pay me to let me know so I can let you know you're not wasting your money. Uh, that sounds weird, but if you're worried about that, we can definitely help with that. And of course, there's tutorials on this at the School of Podcasting. So yeah, what microphone? I love the Audio-Technica 2100. The Audio-Technica 2005, look at both those, and whichever one is cheaper, buy that one. I actually like the looks of the ATR 2005 because it's black, and I really like the Electrovoice RE320. The thing that's bumming me out, thank you, FedEx. I, For the record, I hate FedEx, and I hate UPS both. I have an Audio-Technica BP40, which is a uh, 
microphone that's going to kind of compete with the high LPR 40. And I'll talk about that microphone here in a second. And to make a long story short, FedEx was in my building. You know, the building that when you walk in has a big, huge sign that shows you where all the businesses are. And apparently Audio-Technica didn't write down my suite, which is LL41, on the address. So FedEx, instead of going to the office and saying, hey, do you know where the School of Podcasting is? Or looking on the big giant board that says School of Podcasting LL41. Yeah, they didn't deliver it. And then called me later. Then they called me later, not when they're in the building, to say, hey, we didn't deliver your package. What's your suite number? Ugh. So I don't have it. It's supposed to be here Monday. Uh, anyway, so we'll be hearing about that in the future. And uh, the thing, I, I mentioned the high LPR 40. So many people love this microphone. And for the record, it's a great microphone. Realize you're going to have to probably have a mixer with that to really push it because it only picks up things that are right in front of it. And I mean right in front of it. The thing I liked about the microphone I'm using, which is the RE320 from Electrovoice, is as I move around here, the sound doesn't change. There's a thing called voice proximity. That means the closer you get to a microphone, the bassier it will get. And this microphone doesn't have as much of that effect with a high LPR 40 already kind of boosts the bass, which is why some people like it. And um, it, it does have that effect. So I actually like the Electrovoice RE320 just a smidge better. Now, the next question. So that's it. How much does it cost? About 200 bucks, somewhere between two and $300. Now, re- realize if you start off with just you and a microphone, that's like a, a hundred bucks or less. Now, how long should it be? And I get this all the time. Everybody hears about the 30 minute commute to work. And I always say, look, your podcast should be as long as it needs to be to cover the information you have and not a minute more. Valerie Geller in the book Beyond Powerful Radio says there is no such thing as too long, only too boring. And this is proven by Dan Carlin. Now, Dan Carlin does the podcast Hardcore History. And until President Obama went on the Mark Marin show, WTF, and yes, you know what that F stands for, uh, he held the record for most downloads in a 24-hour period. Now, the interesting thing is Dan releases a show uh, when it's ready. And from what I understand, I need to go listen to these shows. They can be upwards of three to four hours long. There's no such thing as too long, only too boring. And it was like 300 and some thousand downloads in 24 hours because it's really, really good. Dan is consistent in delivering value. So my question is, find your audience. You should be doing that anyway. Figure out who they are and ask them, how long would you, you know, what's what's your commute? How long would you like a show But realize there is no golden ticket. There is no one size fits all. And if it's one thing I've learned over the past year of podcasting, there is no one size fits all. There are best practices, but in the end, it is kind of the wild, wild west. Which leads us to our next question. How often should I publish? And I mentioned Dan Carlin's show, Hardcore History. And you should, in my opinion, publish a podcast that is a consistent schedule, but you don't need to. What you really need to focus on is publishing a podcast that consistently delivers value and impacts your audience. My buddy Ray Ortega uh, does podcasterstudio.com, and he'll be the first to say he doesn't publish on a super consistent basis, but when Ray does, man, he brings his A game, and he dives deep into a subject. He makes it easy to understand, and it's an awesome show. 
But if you can establish a schedule that your audience can count on, then they start to make you part of the routine. So if you can, yes, do that. But do you have, you know, how often do I publish? Why here I need to be weekly or I need to do seven days a week or I need to do three days a week. My advice on this, and, and I'm telling you, this is, this is great advice. <laughs> Record a few test shows. Like you're going to publish them, even though, can I tell you something? You're probably going to delete them later. But record them like they're the real deal. And this way you can fully understand the work that it takes to create a podcast. Then after you go, man, I thought it was going to be like, you know, 20 minutes to do this thing. It took me two hours. Now you can pick your publishing schedule because you know exactly how long it's going to take. Because if you say, look, I've got an hour a week to, to create and launch, you know, to do my podcast, I always use the rule of four to one. For every one minute of podcast, it's going to take you four minutes. So if you have an hour, divide that by four. That means you should do a 15-minute podcast because it's going to take you an hour to produce that. And I hear people, again, talk about, well, you know, I hear that if you release multiple episodes uh, in a week, you know, maybe three a week. Okay, keep in mind that is three shows a week that deliver value. And just because you deliver three shows a week if there's no value in that, it's not going to do anything for you besides make your life miserable because you're scrambling to find topics and, well, it's Monday. I should put out a show because it's Monday. No, because it's Monday is not a reason to put out a show because you have something of value to deliver to your show. You have something that's going to impact your audience. That's a reason to put out the show. So how often should I publish? The answer is whatever you can afford and try to keep it consistent but it doesn't have to be. Here's another one. Where do I get music for my show? If you go to podcasting.resources.com, that domain again, podcasting-resources.com. I actually own podcastingresources.com. I just bought that. But that'll take you to a directory I have of all sorts of stuff for you know show prep, sound effects, Skype tools, stores, voiceover talent, Books, audio editing, podcasting-resources.com. I like Audio Jungle. And the reason I like them is because, A, some places will charge you literally like $90 for a 30-second clip. And I'm like, really? Do I get breakfast in the morning with that? I mean, holy cow, are you kidding me? And Audio Jungle is definitely not that expensive. And they usually sound good. So I'm going to go out right now. They also have these things called music packs which means you can get multiple versions of a song. So let's see. They got funk and groove. And you know me, I like to bring in the bring in the noise and bring in the funk. Uh. And so this one is called, uh, let's see, Corporate Funk Pack. Now, there's two words you don't hear often. Uh, but if I, uh, yeah, here we go. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Now, And you'll notice that they're they're doing the bit. Where's the stop button? Uh, it didn't sound so much like if it sounds like you made this with a Casio keyboard from 1992. And there's plenty of those. Trust me. Um, the other one you can do. In fact, I'm going to do this. We're doing this live. I go out to Amazon.com. I type in royalty free music because here you can sample and buy a track at a time. So here's one, instruments, sound effects for use in production, volume six, royalty-free music. 
Um, let's see here. What do they have? Pop rock feel good jam. Here we go. And it goes a little something like this. Okay. Okay. I don't know about you. Not good. Let's go. Let's try pop rock feel good jam too. Yeah. Okay. Let's do a heavy rock instrumental sports modern. Okay. So those are 99 cents. So don't forget about Amazon. And if you're going to be going to Amazon, go through the link at support my show or support this show.com. That is a domain I picked up support this show.com that I really need to fix. As I went over there, I'm still using thesis on that site. Holy cow. So yeah, I like audio jungle. There are many, there's a music bakery. There's again, if you go over to podcasting resources.com, there's a music radio creative. You can actually use them. CC mixture, free music archive, free stock music, all sorts of uh, jewel beat is another one. If I remember right, that name seems to ring a bell that I don't think they were too uh, insanely uh, expensive. But to me, I don't want to go over $30 a, uh, for a, for a single track. Now realize that sounds a little like, wow, 30 bucks. Are you kidding me? But realize this is stuff that you'd buy once. So here is a, a track from Jewel Beat. And this one, get the entire album for $9.99. Okay. Get to the point. Where's the hook? All right. Not bad. Let's go uh, one more here. And this is um, Corporate Talent for Success. This track is $2.99. Welcome to. Yes. Okay. So that's what, so that's what you can expect. And again, you can see those over at podcasting-resources.com. Next question. What is the best media hosting? Oh, this is such a fun question. We've talked about this per nauseum. And I have two that I really, really like. I have a third one that I, I like a lot. And I have one that I think is okay. Uh, Lipson, I love. Lipson, great stats. And you can get a smartphone app if you spend $20 a month, plus a little extra. Uh, plus, when I hit publish on Lipson, it goes to LinkedIn, it goes to SoundCloud, it goes to Twitter, and it goes to Facebook with one button. And they have great stats. They have great service. Next up, Blueberry. Love them to death. These are the guys that make the PowerPress plugin. Again, great stats and ease of publishing to your website. It's all within WordPress. For the record, Libsyn has a plugin in beta that will also allow you to upload right from their site. The one thing that Blueberry does that nobody else does is there's a step in publishing called ID3 tag. I know we're getting our geek on, but basically it adds this information inside your MP3 file and Blueberry will do that. And so it's ease of publishing to your website. Libsyn makes it easy to publish to all these other places. And uh, the guys at Blueberry are awesome. And um, in either one of those cases, if you go to uh, their place and put in the coupon code SOP, which is short for School of Podcasting Free, you'll get a free month. Now, the third one that I like is Spreaker. Dot com Again, good stats. This is more of a live streaming platform, but there's a lot. There's an audience over there. Even if you are using Libsyn or Blueberry, get your show on Spreaker. I am seeing a lot of downloads coming from that site. 
And the fourth one is Podbean. I've been using them for the Clamorcast. They're okay. Like I say, when I used them last year, I had a spot where they broke and my downloads were uh, had stopped. Not really my favorite first impression, but they do meet all my criteria. And I've talked about this before. A, don't change my file name. Don't change the way I, whatever I upload is what I want to download. Don't mess with my ID3 tags. Give me stats and charge for my service. So Lipson, Blueberry, Spreaker, and Podbean. Um, you'll notice SoundCloud isn't on there because they mess with my file. Um, and But that's that's my four that I, I like. Again, my top two that I mention all the time, Lipson and Blueberry. Do like Spreaker, especially now they got Rob Greenlee over there. Uh, but that's, to me, I see Spreaker as a live platform. And for that, they're awesome. Um, uh, Blog Talk Radio is coming out with a, uh, a new service. They're, they're updating their service very shortly. And uh, I will talk about that when it becomes uh, available to the public. And I've been beta testing it. It's been great. The last couple of weeks, it's been a little squirrely. So, but that's why it's called a beta. Um, here's the other question I get. So what's the best media hosting for me? Libsyn and Blueberry. Use the coupon code SOP free. Can I use my web host as a media host? Well, you can. I refer to this as painting with peanut butter. You can do it, but should you? Eh, probably not. And I interviewed uh, the folks over at the SDR show. And what happens is there's no set number, but these website hosts, like HostGator and Bluehost and all these other be oh yeah, unlimited bandwidth. What they don't say is four websites for web pages, not media. And so I've known people like Corey Finneran, who uh, does the Ivy Envy show. He uh, hosted his uh, media on his website for years. And it's a popular show. They didn't touch him. I've known other people that have done this and they get shut down in six weeks. So for me, I'm like, eh, I don't like to to build my house you know, on, on rented land, as they all say, or, or just, it's just not a great idea. If you can afford the 10, 15, $20 a month, uh, get a media host. You will thank me later because nothing is more fun than moving every file you've ever published to a new place. Here's the other one. How many downloads should I have? I just put out my show. I'm on episode number six. How many downloads should I have? And I say, here's, here's my equation for this. Take the value that you provide and multiply it by the effort you put forth to promote your show. Because if you have no value, but you promote it, it's not going to grow. And if you do provide value, but you don't tell anybody about it, it's going to take longer to grow. So those are the two things. Now, Dave, really what kind of number? Well, for the average Joe, if you listen to the feed, that is the podcast from Libsyn. You can find that over at blog.libsyn.com. Great podcast, by the way. I did my little experiment last week where I tried to make the world's worst podcast, and I'll talk a little bit about that later maybe. Uh, and I found that trying very hard to make a really bad podcast, I got 10 downloads an episode. And that was after two years. Uh, so somewhere between 10 and somewhere between 200-ish downloads per episode after about a month right now. And when people say really only 200, I am a teacher. I, I work in the corporate world. I go around and I teach people a lot of Microsoft office. I was out at progressive insurance this week. I've taught at a lot of the, the car companies up in Michigan. 
and I help people understand technology. And I think in multiples of 20. So when I hear 200 downloads, that's 10 classrooms. That's a building of people that have come to listen to your podcast, not because they were forced to, but because they want to. And so one of the things I always tell people when they go to start a podcast, they're like, yeah, I'm going to launch four. And I'm always like, "Mm, let's start off with one. Let's get that first episode down and then let's answer that question. And so I have a bunch of podcasts that I really should just kill. But uh, this one, the School of Podcasting is all over the place. Uh, I can go anywhere from 1,200 downloads to over 2,000. And again, this is kind of a niche show. Not everybody wants to learn how to podcast. It's a podcast about podcasting. So somewhere around 1,600. And I think, uh, I I don't want to out other people, but I am not the most popular podcast in this genre. I know, isn't it? And that hurts my feelings. Uh, Here's some other ones. The Jillian Michaels Fancast. This is a podcast I do very sporadically. Because uh, the only reason I do that is because Jillian Michaels, God bless her, will put her name on anything, and then I can make an affiliate sale. Gets over 2,000 downloads per episode. And I'm not Jillian Michaels. I don't know if you guys know that. I'm not Jillian Michaels. Uh, Let's see here. After that, Ask the Podcast Coach. Oh, let's go back. Um, Marketing Musician. This is a podcast. I was one of the first podcasts about music marketing. And I used to get close to 2,000 downloads, and that's back in like 2005 which means it was like a million in today's numbers. And uh, over the years, I've just kind of lost my passion for that podcast. I still do like one a month, and I get about 600 downloads of that episode. Uh, After that, Weekly Web Tools gets about 325 show uh, downloads per episode. Again, kind of a niche little show. And do I promote that? I, I play a clip here every now and then. But no, I'm not out in groups and searching out webmasters and things like that. I know the people that find it like it. Uh, After that, Building a Better Dave, which is another show that I rarely do, rarely promote. It's just me talking about whatever I want to. The next episode is going to be called I'm 50 and Falling Apart. It should probably be out in about a week or so. Uh, After that, um, we've got uh, Ask the Podcast Coach. Now, this is a show that's a little over a year old, I think. And again, I think, unfortunately, I think a lot of people think this is only available live Saturday. Well, it's a podcast that we record. It's myself and Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. And uh, we get together every Saturday at 1030 Eastern Standard Time. But, hey, if you're not available at that time, check out AskThePodcastCoach.com. And after that, we have Feeding My Faith, which is a show that I keep trying to restart. And um, because I do these other 50 podcasts, um, you know, I uh, I just can't get this one off the ground. I get about 150 downloads Uh, per episode. And then of course the worst podcast ever. And I just realized that as I was saying this, the one I'm missing is one of my more popular shows. It's actually always in the top 20 in terms of health. I've been doing it for many, many moons. And that is the logical weight loss podcast, which is kind of funny because it's a show about weight loss and yet I'm not losing any weight. And so as I uh, log into my Libsyn account here and I say, Hey, let me see all the stats We will see what kind of downloads I get. But this is a show that I'm starting to smell pod fade. In other words, I I started this to document my weight loss journey and the fact that I'm not measuring, I'm not losing weight. It's kind of like, hmm. Yeah, so this one gets anywhere. Wow. Uh, I have one episode from May that had 5,000 downloads. 
um, which is kind of cool. Now, here's the title of that, Exercise Any Place, Any Time. That's a pretty good title. Uh, the rest of them are over 2,000 for the rest, 2,300, we'll say. Uh, so that's why I keep doing that show because it gets 2,300 downloads. But, and, and those people, here's the thing that's hilarious about that. I don't monetize that show except I ask people to go to, to, go to Amazon and I make maybe $10 a month. So it pays for its hosting. But the time I put into that show, am I really getting any value out of that? Especially now I am because I'm inspiring people through my <laughs> through my lack of weight loss to actually grow that. So how many downloads should you have? You, you know, again, how valuable is your content? Multiply that on how hard you promote it. And I don't just mean a tweet here on Facebook and a tweet here on Twitter. Go out and find your audience and work it, baby. We, we talked about that, uh, oh, a couple weeks ago. Growing your audience is simple. It's just not easy. And that is, of course, the next question. Well, how do you grow your audience? And I'm just going to simplify this because we just did talk about this a couple weeks ago. A, figure out who is your audience. B, make content that people want to talk about and impact them. I'm uh, working with a new client who's going to be doing a show about germs. He is like an expert on germs. And you will never go into a public restroom after talking to this guy. Ufa, super nice guy. And um, the stats that he threw at me, I said, here's the one thing. When people hear the stuff that this guy knows, they're going to tell their friends. Like, here's one. 6% of people don't wash their hands after they go to the bathroom. So have fun grabbing that that handle of the, the door. Um, it's going to be amazing, though. It's going to be pretty cool. So um, figure out who your audience is. Make content that people want to talk about and make sure it impacts them. Then go to where they are, wherever that is, some sort of Facebook group, Google group, meetup, whatever. Go to where they are. Make friends with them so that they care about what you say and then tell them about your podcast. And then the other one, make it easy to share. Make sure you got some sort of share button on your website. Make sure there's a subscribe button. Make sure there's a contact button that says contact because you want to connect with your audience. It sounds like a lot of work. It's simple. It's just not easy. And it takes this thing called time. I'm still looking for that golden switch that you just flip and you get 10,000 downloads. Um, I get this question about once a month. If I write a review for you on iTunes, will you review me? To which I say, why are you asking a perfect stranger, because I've never heard of you, to review your show? Why don't you ask your audience? And if your audience isn't willing to review you, you know, they're not willing to do something nice for you, then I feel like the law of reciprocity, which means you feel indebted to me because I've delivered value Maybe you need to go back and look and see, am I impacting my audience? Now, speaking of that, if you uh, are so kindly moved, uh, go into iTunes. And I, in theory, if you go to schoolpodcasting.com slash iTunes, that'll take you right there. Click into iTunes and write a review. Greatly appreciated. Leave your website address in that review as well. And I will mention it right here because I use a little thing called My Podcast Reviews which you can find at schoolofpodcasting.com slash M as in Mary, P-R. And uh, I have them emailed to me. Definitely worth every penny of that service. So now if you say, no, no, I don't want to review me. I I want you to actually review my podcast. This is something else I get. Will you listen to my podcast and tell me if it's good or bad? I absolutely will. Go over to podcastreviewshow.com. 
And my buddy, Eric K. Johnson, better known as the podcast talent coach.com, uh, will also listen to your podcast. So he'll critique the, the material. I'll go over it with a fine tooth comb on the technical side, as well as, as Eric gives his input on the tech and I give my input on the uh, content. And uh, don't ask your mom in this case what she thinks of the show because she's going to say, honey, it's wonderful. So if you want your podcast reviewed, podcastreviewshow.com. There are multiple ways to do that, by the way. You can be on the show or if you want us to uh, review it without you, we can do that. So should I buy a mixer? Next question. So here's the questions you need to ask yourself. Do you have more than one person in a room with you? No, it's just me. Are you adding music and sounds live as you record? Nope, I'm going to add them in later. Are you interviewing people over Skype? Asterisk, asterisk. Uh, no, it's just me. Okay, then you don't need a mixer. But if you have more than one person in the room with you, if you're adding sounds and, and music and things like that live, then yeah, you probably need a mixer. And if you're interviewing people over Skype, you kind of need a mixer. You can do it without it. I've got videos on that where you can use a, um, if you're, again, if you're using the Audio-Technica 2100 microphone, you don't really need a mixer to record Skype, so you can get away with that. I just use a little portable recorder and uh, or some other device to record on. But if you're, you know, if you're doing those things, yes, you need a mixer. If you're not, then no, you don't. Now, can you always kind of use a mixer? Well, you can do things like I could click here and look, I'll make myself really, really clear. Listen how clear and, and my S's and T's and I can make me all nasally here. Okay, so you can add tone changes to your voice, but you can also do that post-production. So do I need a mixer? Not always. How do I record Skype or interviews without getting too technical? Because a lot of times you might be technical, but the person you want to interview is not. So uh, if you're on a Mac, it's called Ecamm Call Recorder. If you go to schoolpodcasting.com slash call recorder, that will record it on the Mac. If you're on a PC, I like a software, not Pamela, although I don't dislike Pamela. I just like Call Burner better. So if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash callburner, you can actually watch me demo that video. Now, another way is Ringer, and that's R-I-N-G-R dot U-S. And this is, you don't even have to use, you just use your, your phone. And this is available on a, an iPhone or an Android. And uh, so that's one way to do it. And right now that's free. It is going to be unfree soon, but it's pretty cool. And the results I've heard, have been really, it sounds weird because you're not using a $300 microphone, but it's definitely listenable. Now, if you understand Skype on a PC, but your guest is not, if they're somewhere where they have Wi-Fi, have them install the Skype app. And that's really not that hard. Most people with a smartphone can install a, a, an app and then call them on Skype and they can use their phone via Wi-Fi. I wouldn't use Skype over their phone line when you go through a phone line, that's when you're going to start sounding like this again. But when it's Skype on a Wi-Fi connection, I've had a couple people that have been in this scenario and said, man, that worked great. Now, the worst case scenario, uberconference.com. But this is going to use a phone line. So you're going to be sounding like this. Okay, well, thank you so much. And it's just, eh. again, worst case scenario. How do I find guests for my show? Well, the big one that I often forget to do myself is when you get a guest and don't go for the big fish at first because interviewing is a skill. It takes practice and you're not going to be very good at it when you first start out. So don't go for the biggest, baddest guest ever. Uh, that's not a, a great thing. But there's a website, helpareporter.com. There's also radioguestlist.com. These will 
show you people that, A, are looking to be interviewed. And in some cases, it may be something where you can get interviewed. But another one that I forget to add to do is ask your guest. You know, so I said, don't go for the big guests. But when you're done with a guest that you do get, go, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show. Do you know of anybody that might be a good fit for this show? Because birds of a feather, a flock together. And while we're talking about guests, uh, if you haven't checked out podcastjunkies.com, Harry interviewed Jessica Rhodes, and she had a great clip about this. I can't even put it into words. I just think, a like, people say, like, oh, how do I get the A-list guests? I'm like, there isn't A-list guests and B-list guests and C-list guests. There's guests that are great for your show. Amen, <laughs> sister. And uh, also then, uh, on the Spreaker Live show, man, one of my favorite people on the planet, Jared Easley. This guy just brings gold. Every time I hear an interview with Jared, it's like, man, guy is awesome. And he was talking with my buddy Rob Greenlee on the Spreaker Live Show. Find it at SpreakerLiveShow.com. And he was talking about picking a guest that fits your show. Kind of come and check out my show and stick around. And uh, I was very sadly mistaken uh, with that strategy. So I would say if you're doing a one-on-one interview, you know, go for the interviews that make sense, that add value to the audience, but don't necessarily assume that that guest is, it's not their responsibility to grow your network or grow your show. So yeah, that's a great, if you're thinking, if I can just get this guest, then I will get my 10 thought. No, it doesn't work that way. I think I mentioned that on last week's show, but those are some places, helperreporter.com, radioguestlist.com. Next question, hey, how do I make money with my podcast? Now, first things first, you do not have to make money with your podcast. It can just be a hobby and fun way to hang out with your buds, crack a brew. Hey, welcome to the two dudes in a brain show. But how do you do this? Well, here again, you're going to hear me say this. You need to create a show that delivers value and you need to attract an audience. So here are the seven ways that you can make money with your podcast. Number one, sponsors. Here's what I think about sponsorship. I'll talk about that in a second. You can sell products if you have your own, if you have a book or a course or a membership site or something like that. Number three, you can sell other people's stuff. I mentioned the Jillian Michaels podcast. When Jillian came out and she read her book on Audible, I made over four figures that month for my affiliate because I went to her audience and said, hey, if you want to listen to Jillian, read her book for free, just sign up at audible.com. And they did. And at $15 a pop, ching, 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 that was nice. That was that was a really cool thing to have show up in the mailbox or in my, uh, my inbox. So sponsors, selling products, selling other people's stuff, better known as affiliate marketing, speaking gigs, uh, number five, membership sites, kind of like schoolofpodcasting.com. Number six, donations. And I got a clip for you about donations. This is from uh, Jen Briney. She does congressionaldish.com, one of my favorite shows. This is like a new discovery. And it's weird because I've known Jen. I've known of Jen for a while. And um, she does a show where she actually goes out and reads the bills that got passed in Congress. And if you are an American, I'm telling you, you need to listen to this show, it will give you a completely new insight into your politicians and just how bad they suck. But Jen uses the donation model, and check this out. But before we get started on the details of the bills, this is the part of the episode where I have to remind you that Congressional Dishes listeners supported because that's how this show makes money. But some of your comments have gotten me thinking lately that this portion of the episode really isn't all that different from an advertisement in terms of our experience as listeners. 
I don't think anybody turns on a new congressional dish and is super excited to hear the part where I ask you to please pay for a free podcast. Woo, it's my favorite part. Okay, maybe not. This is the part that we sit through while you patiently wait for the good stuff to start or the part that we just fast forward. Nobody likes it. I hear you. And here's the secret. I hate doing it. Do you think I'd rather be pitching you for cash right now or telling you all of Congress's dirty little secrets? But the problem is that I have to do this because fewer new people contribute when I don't. It's a well-established pattern. And the only other choice I have for funding this podcast is to air corporate ads. And honestly, I would rather not do the show at all than get sucked into the bought-off media. Which is really cool. I always say the one thing that podcasters have is integrity. Oh, the other cool thing? Yeah, that's right. Jen was just on TV on the Jesse Ventura show, and uh, she's crushing it over here. So let's. Uh, she's going to give you her numbers and her income here. But the fact that I'm not trying to sell you something for a company doesn't make this advertisement for Congressional Dish any less annoying to any of us. You don't want to hear it. I don't want to do it, but it's necessary. Bet you don't hear commercials like this very often, do you? Again, this is it's different. And so I think the solution to our dilemma is to set a price at which this portion of the episode is no longer necessary. Everybody loves a goal. Gives them something to shoot for. And so here's the deal. When this show makes an average of $5,000 a month for three consecutive months, I'll stop pitching for donations in the beginning of the episodes until the end of the 114th Congress. So until January of 2017, at least, you'd be able to turn on Congressional Dish and hear nothing but the good stuff until all the bills are done. How does that sound? I know if I made $5,000 a month from this podcast, I'd wet my pants. Now, at the moment, the numbers are kind of all over the place, but Congressional Dish is averaging a solid 10,000 downloads per episode. Whoa! Whoa! I just told you all the 300s, 200s, 500s, somewhere between. Now, Jen is delivering 10,000 downloads per episode. Everyone, stand up. Get up. Come on. That is that is now why because she busts her butt. She busts her butt. She reads, she reads a bill from Congress. How boring does that sound to you? Put a gun to my head. But she does it for you. And this is news that you can't get anyplace else. You should be getting this news on the news, but they're too busy talking about the Kardashians. And I'm gonna turn into the Okay. Uh so because she's delivering what value that impacts her audience. And so to get to $5,000 a month, that comes out to about 50 cents per month per person, which let's be honest, that's affordable to the vast majority of us. Which is why I now sponsor, sponsor, I donate to the show five bucks a month. If she was looking for 50 cents, I times it by 10. And the good news is that right now, between physical checks, PayPal subscriptions and contributions and the Amazon Referral Commission, she has 10,000 downloads. What do you think she's going to get from donations? The average monthly income for Congressional Dish is already at about $2,300. Not too shabby. So we're almost halfway to what I think I need to comfortably pay all of the business expenses and have about $1,000 a month to pay myself for this full-time job. When I can depend on receiving what I need for this podcast the way that normal people can depend on their paychecks, we can skip all this noise and get straight to the dishing. Ah, there's the old, hey, let me show you how you will benefit by doing this action. 
And so to contribute to Congressional Dish and to help make up the difference so that this upfront advertisement can disappear, please visit the support page on congressionaldish.com to contribute once or set up a monthly subscription with PayPal. You can also use the Amazon search box to give the show a commission every time you shop, or you can find the P.O. Box address to send physical checks, which ensures that Congressional Dish gets every one of your dimes. Yeah. You want to get right to the bills? So do I. And the power to make that happen is now in your control. Awesome. And uh, I'm so sorry to hear about Jen. Uh, her pet rat died. And any pet that dies sucks. And so, uh, great show. And another one, I'm not going to play a clip from this, noagendashow.com. They call it the value for value model. And they have people, they have a night ceremony that if you day, if you donate $1,000, and you could do it once, they call that an instanite. You can also donate over months, but once you get to a thousand dollars, they will knight you as a knight of the No Agenda Roundtable, and they have they play this music and the whole nine yards, and they have people getting knighted every single episode. But you have to ask. You just heard Jen spend two minutes and forty seconds asking for donations. It's still an advertisement. You just have to ask, and so and you have to deliver value. So that is another way you can make. Um, you can benefit. You can make money from a podcast. Now, another one, this isn't really so much money, but if you're a company, you can get better insights into your audience. Now, I do the Ask the Podcast Coach show every Saturday live, 1030 Eastern Standard Time. And one of the things I do, the people go, dude, you are giving away free podcast consulting. You could be, that's consulting money out of your pocket. And you know what I say to that? Yeah, you're right. Uh, every time, there are times when I'll get off the phone, I'm like, well, there's 150 bucks out of my pocket. But I get live interaction with my audience and I get their input and that's why I do that show. And the other reason I do that is there's some people that can't afford the hosting or the hosting, the consulting. I do that a lot, by the way. Can we take a tangent for two seconds? I do that a lot where I say words and you know what I meant, but I didn't say the right word. I said something really stupid in last week's episode. I was talking about my character of the grumpy old man. And I said, he's kind of like Archie Bunker, but a little less racist. And I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever said, because how can you be a little less racist? It's like, oh, he's just kind of racist. It's like kind of being pregnant. But um, I do say things like that on occasion where, you know what I mean? It's just not the right, uh, right word, but you can get insights into your audience. So number one, sponsors, sell products. Oh, sponsors. Why do I think that stinks? Well, let's talk about that. That's actually the next question. How do I get sponsors for my show? Answer, of course, provide value to your audience and get an audience. Then provide content a sponsor would want to put their name on. So if you're dropping, hey, welcome to the the bleep bleep and the bleep bleep show. And today we're going to talk about bleeping bleep 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 bleep. Yeah. And not every sponsor is going to want to put their name on. And that doesn't mean that they won't. You know, there's always Ashley Madison because monogamy isn't for everyone. Oof, uh, don't get me started. And, uh. But if just realize if you're dropping F-bombs, some sponsors, Dixie Cups, you know, Pampers, probably not going to be sponsoring your show. The other thing is typically a lot of the big, like the mid-rolls and the pod tracks, they want you to get 20,000 downloads per episode. And now we kind of understand it's kind of, it's not as easy as it sounds. And so it's like, step one, get 20,000 downloads. Okay, done. Well, who Who's doing that? Uh, in fact, in um, 
Rob Walsh, who's the VP of uh, Podcast Relations over at Libsyn, in his presentation at New Media Expo, I believe he said 8% of podcasters reach 5,000 downloads per episode. And that's typically where most sponsors are. will go, okay, 5,000. So, again, provate, pre, uh, provide content a sponsor would want to put their name on that has an audience. Around 5,000 downloads. Now, we'll talk about this here in a second. Uh, create a media kit that explains who is listening, how many of them there are, and how engaged they are. The, the thing I hate about sponsors is many of them want to use the way you pay people in radio, which is called CPM, which stands for cost per thousand. And so they'll give you anywhere from $15 to, I hear, upwards of 50 and 60 And that is a whole other show where we talk about, I always say, ask people, how much would it, how much would it cost you, Mr. Potential Sponsor, to acquire a new customer? And then I always say, use the law of 3% and take 3% of your audience and realize that's how many people might, you know, click on an ad and, and how many people might actually buy things of that nature. And then you come up with a number, but the whole CPM model only works for those people that are getting a bazillion downloads an episode. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that you're probably not going to use that method, but that doesn't mean you can't ask somebody to sponsor your show for X amount of money a month and then try to get them to do multiple months because just hearing about this product.com once isn't going to be enough. You need to, Put that in the show multiple times to get it to start to sink into the brain of your audience. So it's not, uh, here's another one is, is making money with your podcast uh, hard. Well, there's a lot of ways to do it. It, It's kind of simple, right? You just sell products. It's just not that easy. And what it is, is your podcast will help people know and like, and trust you. But especially that trust thing that takes a little time. And so I've had people that have called me up and said, yeah, I need to make, you know, $3,000 um, a month in six weeks. And I'm like, not going to happen. Realistically, not going to happen. Not saying it can't happen, saying realistically, not going to happen. And I'm like, what was your genre uh, running? And I go, that's a lot of shoes you got to sell or whatever. You know, do you have a product? No. Do you have a membership site? No. What's going to make, what's the value you're doing? Well, I just, I, I know podcasting is hot. Okay, that's cool. You know, if that's your passion, all means. But if your goal, his goal was entirely to make money. And I'm like, mm, not saying it can't happen. Not saying it's going to happen very fast. So he could have easily proved me wrong. He did not. Another one, we talked about uh, where do I find music? Can I play music in my podcast? You know, can I play Freebird? Uh, no. Now, does that stop you? Well, if you're a person that likes to abide by the law, uh, yeah. Uh, but there are plenty of people that do. Uh, Michael Butler, one of the ori- he is the original music podcaster from 2004, uh, plays music all the time. And to the best of my knowledge, has never gotten any kind of cease and desist because he's helping people sell music. But he's also extremely wide open, they could haul him off to jail or whatever uh, at any moment. And so the reason you can't play music is because of the download thing. That's it. Music on the radio, a little different story 
music that you can download and take with you and things like that ah, as a whole new thing. And here's in a nutshell, you have to have permission by the person that wrote the song. You have to have permission by the person that actually performed the song. Now, in many cases, this is the same person, but in some cases, not really the case. So like Paul Williams was a guy back in the seventies that wrote a lot of music that other people sang. So you could get, uh, who's somebody from the Mac Davis. <laughs> There's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Baby, baby, don't get hooked on me. I'm a big giant slut. Um, Mac Davis, uh, might've sang a song by Paul. Williams. We'd have to have both those guys sign off to use that song in your podcast. And then you have to have the person like the record company that owns the, uh, master to that. So in many cases, you have to have three people, minimum of two, and in some cases, one. Now, at the end of my show, I often play a clip from a band called King's X, uh, talking about if you like what you hear, go tell someone. They are the writer, they are the performer, and they own the master rights. Because uh, it's weird. They're kind of a, a well-known band, but not really super well-known. And so I contacted them and said, can I, by the way, can I use that? And they said, yes, Dave, you can. Because I've had people say, can I use that clip? And I'm like, you got to go get your own permission. I don't own the rights to give that away. Uh, I don't own the rights to, I own the rights to like the podcast rewind, all that stuff. It's mine. I don't think I have the right to give it away. And especially I don't have the rights to sell it, but that's the tricky part. And it's all because of the download. If these weren't downloadable, uh, some of this might not be a problem. I really, really, really. And by that, I mean, really wish the music industry would get their head out of their rear end and come up with a license. Like, Hey, Mr. Podcaster, if you give us $200 a year um, and you link in, you know, to whatever, uh, you can use the show. You could use these songs because A, I think it would get a lot of people that would do that and B, would actually drive sales, but they don't understand podcasting. They don't get it. And so consequently, uh, there is no particular kind of thing. So, that is the uh, the most frequently asked questions, and um, in there we kind of snuck in a because of my podcast story with uh, Jen from Congressional Dish being on the Just a Ventura show, and I realize we've gone a little longer than usual, but uh, on the next show we will be hearing, hopefully, knock on wood, uh, the Audio Technica BP40. Um, I've got some shows coming up about is your is the goal of your podcast in line with your actual content. I've talked about this in the past. I've got an interview I want to line up for that. And also I'm looking for last five and fives. I haven't done these in a while. This is a, not so much what are your favorite podcast, but what were the last five podcasts you listened to? And if you can answer the question because of my podcast blank, then uh, send that in. Go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. And uh, speaking of that, let me play you a clip from my buddy John, if you're thinking of starting the uh, a podcast and you're thinking about the School of Podcasting, here's what my buddy John has to say about the School of Podcasting. Hi, Dave. This is John Sarpolis. By the way, this came in via SpeakPipe. So John, I think, was probably recording this from his laptop uh, microphone, but it's not the way it's recorded. Listen to what he's saying. Host of the Commonwealthly Podcast. We train those who understand the benefits of limited government how to win a local election. And uh, that's at commonwealthy.com. But there wouldn't be a Commonwealthy podcast if it wasn't for you and the School of Podcasting. I spent about six months looking around at different websites, trying to figure out how to put together my own podcast. But there were always pieces missing. 
And when I looked at courses, there were about, there were thousands, $2,000, $3,000. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, I guess. I couldn't afford it. But then I found the School of Podcasting, which was extremely affordable. And the video tutorials were so simple and made it all so doable. And it didn't take long to put the podcast together once I joined the School of Podcasting. And I've, I've got to figure out a way around this. People keep telling me I need to say what's in the School of Podcasting, besides step-by-step tutorials that will walk you through every single step. But when I say every single step, I'm talking about here's how to come up with a name for your show. Here's how to, here's how to pick a topic. From there, all the way to publishing it to iTunes, there's some tips on monetizing your podcast, things like that. From point A to point B, it's all there. And if you don't like it, you can ask for a refund. So thank you. You made it so easy for me. Thank you, John. And now I love it. I love podcasting. It's fun to think of topics, fun to interview guests, fun to edit. Yeah, I even like editing. You can believe it. Uh, No, most people will say, what? So Dave, thank you. If there's anyone listening to your show, please urge them to just join the School of Podcasting if they haven't gotten a podcast yet. I just did that. You make it simple. I do. I try. That's my background. I, I Again, I flatten the learning curve. And it really isn't expensive. Uh, nope. It's uh, a little more than a, a bike tune-up. Thanks. Thank you, Mr. John. Again, find him at commonwealthy.com. And so, yeah, here's the deal. I said that the, at the beginning, I got a coupon code for you. Uh, it is listener, L-I-S. T-E-N-E-R. L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R. Listener. Uh, We'll save you on your first month and every month after that. And if you don't have a website, send me an email with the phrase quick start in the uh, title. And here's how it works. You send me that. I send you a link. You order your hosting through my affiliate link. I earn a commission. And then uh, you send me an email with all your login information. I log into your website. I install WordPress for you and some plugins to get you going. I give you a free month at the School of Podcasting. So now that you have a website, you can figure out how to manage it. And then you get all those tutorials about podcasting. You own the website. You own the content. You don't owe me anything. And um, at the end of the month of your free podcasting, if you want to stick around, we've got a way to help you with that as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new to podcasting, and again, that's kind of who this podcast is geared towards you don't have to be great to start but you do have to start to be great zig ziglar said that and uh, i truly do believe that and there are all sorts of reasons you can always find reasons to not podcast oh i hate my voice oh i don't nobody would listen to me i'm telling you more and more people are getting into this and they are changing people's lives whether it's just by making them laugh um jen is is helping people over at Congressional Dish understand Congress and what we need to do to get these losers out of, you know, the the our government. It's awesome. Check me out. Go to theschoolofpodcasting.com to sign up. And if you just want to check out more episodes, go to schoolofpodcasting.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. And uh, I will be at Podcast Movement. I almost was out the door. Did you hear that? It was almost out the door. I will be at Podcast Movement in Dallas, Texas. I'll be speaking there on Help My Podcast is Broken. Uh, New Media Expo is looking for speakers. Uh, go out to nmxlive.com and do that. I'll also be at uh, Podcast Mid-Atlantic in Joyzy. And I will be doing a keynote there on uh, being creative in your podcast. And uh, that is later on. I also am thinking of going to 
Podcamp Pittsburgh. So thanks so much. Until next week, class is dismissed. <laughs>